Welcome to She's a 10 times 5. You got it. That's the big 5-0. Listen along as we try to figure out our what's next as we venture into this new age of reinvention. Through relatable topics, real-life stories, and inspiring guests, join us on our journey of growth and laughter. Hey, I'm Lori, former Army Airborne Captain, but don't let that fool you. I'm the loose cannon. And I'm Lisa, a girl's girl who loves sugar, but watch out for that spice. Let's do this. Hi, 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 everybody. Welcome back to She's a 10 times 5. Hey, Lori. Hey, Lisa. How are we? We're good. We've had a busy day in Studio 50. I love when we have lots of fun. Well, a busy day and a frenetic day. Frenetic, yes. We had to, you know, sometimes we're... We, we got to juggle. We got to juggle. juggle. glass balls. It's funny because my husband, you know, saw me in a state and he's like, what can I do to help? And I'm like... <laughs> Xanax, please. <laughs> Valium. Oh, that was uh, nice was a, that he yeah, offered. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. he was still in his fucking pajamas and oh. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm like ready to rock and roll, you know? Well, hey, you yeah. can you can multitask in pajamas. I, yeah, you can. I, yeah. Uh, I'm a big PJ girl. So, you know, what are you yes. going to do? Comfies are the best. But check out what I'm wearing right now. Yes, you are wearing your Michael Stars shirt. That mm-hmm, that's is, all about love. Yes, yes. And mine, I just, I just picked up. I haven't put it on yet because I literally just got it from the post office. Uh, I'm so excited to put on my adorable Michael Stars sweatshirt. Uh, yeah, sure. we are such lucky little ladies because Michael Stars gave us basically a, a very big shopping spree. Yes, and so all my summer wardrobe and my spring wardrobe done, covered, check. Check on. Check that box. Okay. Let's roll. Let's roll. Okay. Well, today's guest, I'm really excited about this topic because I think it really lands and will resonate with our listeners. We're all in that stage of life, or maybe we're getting to that stage of life where we're trying to figure out what's next. And I do these things every day and I love them. And how can I monetize them and make them a business or something I'm passionate about? I want to take it to the next level, but we stop ourselves. We're not sure how to do it. And today's guest is somebody who was living life and took that life and turned it into a business. And now she helps others. So I'm really excited about it. You want to tell us about our guest? I do. And I also want to underscore that we're both entrepreneurs. Yes, we are. I was at at one point in my life a serial entrepreneur. And so we understand what Mm kind of what it takes to start companies too. So Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be great. We're going to chop this all up. Yes. So we are really excited to have Lindsay Pinchuk with us today in Studio 50. She's in Chicago. We're here in San Diego. And just to give you a little bit of idea about what Lindsay's done, after 10 years, she left her high powered job and with 500 bucks in her pocket, and a baby in her belly, mm-hmm. guess what? Bump Club and Beyond was born. And we're going to let her talk all about that. She has turned her role as a mom into a career sharing the best products, resources, and information while growing a community connected to millions of parents. Yeah. That is rad. That is rad. That is pretty rad. Mm-hmm. After building Bump Club and Beyond from the ground up with zero outside investments, Lindsay led its acquisition in 2019 to a large agent large agency holding company. And since then, Lindsay's lent her expertise to 200 plus television segments, given interviews on 40 plus podcasts. Mm-hmm. We better walk out of yeah. here with this was my favorite one. Yes. Lindsay. 
that's our right. expectation. That's our it's goal. already really fun. I, that, <laughs> I mean, this is our goal. Like oh, 40 what? You know, there's only bit. There's only one. Okay. And she has been featured or contributed to stories in Time Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, Parents.com, Babycenter.com, The Doctors, Access Live, The Chicago Tribune, Crane Chicago Business, Chicago Magazine, and I'm out of breath. Welcome, Lindsay. Welcome, Thanks Lindsay. Thanks so much for having me. You guys yeah. are a blast. Yes. Okay. So let's dive into Lindsay and, and you know, 500 bucks in your pocket. You, you're pregnant with, what, was it your first child or? Yeah. So I was pregnant with my first child. I was actually working as a magazine account executive. Um, I was a, the director of Midwest sales at Good Housekeeping. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to be very clear. I had more than $500 in my bank account, but I took $500 and I allocated it to, to start this business. Essentially, I was pregnant and I was looking for community and support. None of my closest friends were pregnant at the same time. We all have fifth graders. I was just first. And um, so, you know, lucky me. And <laughs> I, but I knew I was living in Chicago. We don't have family here. And I knew that I was going to want some kind of support and community. And so I decided to start hosting events. So I was pregnant, working at Hearst, and I started hosting. Um, we did a prenatal workout, and then we did like a prenatal shopping event. And you have to remember that this is before there was social media. There was Facebook, but like only Facebook, not business pages. Sure. So it was just like, this is what I'm doing. Come if you're pregnant, tell your pregnant friends. And we had over 50 people show up to each event. Wow. And there clearly was a need for community in Chicago. I mean, it's very easy to make friends as a mom, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you push your stroller down the street, just like when you walk your dog, you can always talk to people as well. And, but as an expectant mom, it's a lot different. And so I started hosting events. People were asking me what's next, what's next. I very much put myself out there into the universe. I shared everything about my pregnancy. Um, And again, this was like before influencers, like that wasn't like a thing, you know, this was just me showing up. Well, that was Um, you becoming an influencer. (laughs) I suppose, but I don't like to say I'm an influencer. I like to say I'm influential. So, um, so we, I grew that business to seven figures year over year. We started hosting events in multiple cities across the country. We started working with Nordstrom target, the honest company, like all the baby brands, they were asking us to create activations. And then of course, bring our audience, which um, by 2019 was about 3 million users a month across all of our platforms. That's how many we were reaching. Wow. And um, in 2019, 2018, I was approached to sell my business. And I knew that I, I always wanted that to be the exit strategy. Um, I, you know, and I think you can appreciate this, but like, I did not want to show up like telling people what kind of stroller to push when I was in my forties. And when I was in my fifties, like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not using those things anymore. My kids are eight and 11 and you know, my life stage is different and my issues with my family and my kids are different. And so I knew that that was what I wanted my end game to be. And so I sold the company. I ended up working for the new company for about two and a half years. And in the beginning of 2021, when we were, you know, deep in the pandemic and everyone was like, it was such a shit show for everyone's life. And I hadn't left this desk in, you know, a year and a half at that point or a year, a lot of other people, brands were approaching me and asking me to do projects for them. And if I would consult and I had to say no, because I was working like 80 hours a week at bump, like I was leading events. I was online, I was leading our webinars and it was just, it was a lot but I wanted to take on these product projects and I wanted to help these other brands. And um, in the summer of 2021, I decided it was time to exit. And, you know, it was a very tough decision, but it was 
the best decision for me. You know, I was really worried about letting down the community and letting down the people who had followed me. A lot of them follow me now on my mm-hmm. personal Instagram and that's great, but I had to do this for myself and for my family. And so I left last August. Or Wait, end of- you, I have to say this. You cut the cord from baby bump. <laughs> yeah, sorry. that's just been in my brain and I've been waiting yes. for the moment to say, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I did. No, I yeah, cut, it took, trust me. This was, it took a long time. Like that's yeah. a whole other episode, but you know, it was, a, it was a lot of back and forth, but yeah. I ended up, I left, they became my first client. So I did a, I wrapped up with them for about 10 weeks and then I took on other clients. I, I started taking on um, both coaching and consulting clients and I built my website and I started a podcast. And so now Lindsay Pinchuk marketing and consulting really helps other business owners, primarily female, to achieve their own success. And I'm doing workshops, I'm doing various projects. And like I said, I'm coaching, I'm consulting. Um, anything I can do to help other people find what it is that they're looking for is, is really what I've been doing. And I have never been happier. That's awesome. That is great. And that's, I love that it just kind of happened organically by following your own life and what was going on in your life and your passions. And what I really love is that even though I made a joke about the cutting the cord, you identified that it was your life had moved on and it was time for you to move on from that portion of your business too. And I think a lot of times we hold on to things longer than we need to at this stage of life out of security and what's comfortable, it, it's safer than jumping into the next thing. And of I course. commend you for that. That's Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, you know, it felt in, in hindsight, right? It felt mm-hmm. a little weird, like mm-hmm. showing up with an 11 year old and like sharing yeah. my story about giving birth when like, and like that, but that's what the people wanted. Right. Right. But now I still show up every day as myself. But now I show up as an entrepreneur and I share the good, the bad, the ugly, the happy, the sad. I mean, I share that part of my life. And to me right now, that is so rewarding. And I feel like Bump Club really paved the way for me to be able to do this in a public arena. That's great. Well, don't you feel, I mean, I'm a former entrepreneur and don't you feel that the best types of companies and ventures that you take on are exactly what you did, which is organically. Yes. You know, you mm-hmm. see an opportunity or, or or you notice something and you see a need and then it just organically unfolds versus trying to come up with a concept that just doesn't land with you as, as well. Without a doubt. And I will say, you know, I interview two founders, female founders a week on my own podcast on Dear Found Her. And I will say that 99.9% of them, that is what happened. Like they yeah. had a need. They decided to create a business. And I mean, we're talking everyone from like CPG to baked goods, to services, to apparel. I mean, you know, and I will say also 99.9% of them, including me, I didn't have a business plan. Mm -hmm. Right. There was no business plan. I mean, it was like, okay, I'm going to like try to do this. Let's see what happens. Okay. I'm going to call some sponsors. Let's see what happens. And like, you know, there was some planning that took place over time, of course. But in the beginning, it wasn't like I laid it all out and was Mm -hmm. like, this is where I want it to go. That's not what happened. Yeah. Well, it was, it's interesting. My first company that I started, it literally was, they wanted to hire me as their professional services VP for their software company. And they were trying to land a big client. And it really was me saying, well, why, if I help you land this client, give me the business. And 
and literally that's what happened. We landed the client and then, you know, I, I drove down the street and hired my first three employees. I mean, it just kind of just happened that way. Happened, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. What I find interesting is that your business grew on social media at a time when, like you said, you were, you were before influencers and all of that. But I was joking because it, it in essence, it was the birth of that kind of platform. And women in our generation, typically not yours, but ours, that isn't a comfortable forum for them or something they're familiar with. I mean, Lori and I are always learning every day and stumbling through and asking our kids. And and so tell us about that, because you were kind of ahead of the game on that and how social media looks moving forward for women in our generation. Yeah. So it's interesting that you asked me this. I just gave a keynote speech like last week and someone asked me a very similar question. They said, like, how long did it take you to get comfortable and to learn? And, you know, and I said exactly what you just said, which was there was no social media when I first started. Mm -hmm. So I really had to learn as I went. And the reason I bring that up and I say that is you can learn as you go, but you're not going to learn unless you do it. Mm -hmm. Like, you can take as many classes and read articles, but if you're not doing it, you're not going to be able to like take the next step. And so when I look back on how I built this, you know, it was very much, it was very organic. And, you know, I was very lucky in the sense that like there was still such thing as organic growth on social media at the time, which like now it's, there's so much, you know, with the paid and everything, it wasn't like that then, you know, but again, I showed up as myself. And as the social platform started rolling out, I adapted to it and I just showed up and, and kept learning and wasn't always perfect. It's not going to always be perfect. The perfection and like people showing up perfect on social media, that is a thing of the past. Like people don't want that anymore. People don't care about that. You, you, as in whoever's listening to me right now needs to get over that because that's not that shouldn't even be in your orbit. You right. just show up as you and you do it. And I oh am God. still doing this. Like, <laughs> yeah. but I, you know, and I brought up a really interesting point at this luncheon that I was speaking at. I said to this woman, I said, you might be learning Instagram right now. I am learning TikTok. And like, and I, and I am not comfortable with it. Admittedly, I'm reading things about it. And as I read, I am doing. And like I said to my daughter, who's <laughs> 11, who I like, literally offered to pay to please do this for me. But she said, mom, I can't post for you. Like you have to like create the content. You know, I said to her, like, why is no one seeing my TikToks? And so like, she's <laughs> helping me. And, and, but I share that frustration because I think it's so important for anyone who's listening, who wants to start something and wants to get on social media to know and understand it is a process and it doesn't happen overnight. And yeah. even people who have been doing this forever get hung up. Yes. You know, oh, that's so yeah. True. Well, I think the other thing, too, is that and especially as you know, we we get in the middle age frame, we're afraid to ask for help, you know, mm-hmm. and I and network. And I think we have to get over that, too. I think the fears of like the, the technology are real and we we face them all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I want to do that. Should we do that? Should we not do that? But I also think that we get very reluctant to put ourselves out there within our own communities and and ask for the help and ask for the support and ask for those things. And I think that's a huge element of why people don't start new brands or ideas or companies. It's really funny you say that because my post this morning on Instagram, usually I do a Tuesday tip and yesterday I had so much going on. It was national mom and pop day and I was really busy supporting small businesses. So I moved it to Wednesday this week. And my post this morning is um, all about asking for help. 
Mm-hmm. It's literally like, I can't remember the exact verbiage, but it's don't be afraid. I think it was don't be afraid to ask for help. Here's six easy, creative ways that you can ask for help. And it's without a budget, because I think a lot of people assume, especially when you're starting a business, that if you're going to ask for help, it ha- you have to have you know a six-figure you know salary to give someone. And that is not the case by any means. And you just have to be scrappy and creative and not be, to your point, afraid to ask. Like The worst that someone says is no, but I guarantee you they won't. I've never said no to anyone that has needed help with anything when it comes to business, because it all comes, it's all part of like a big circle, right? It all yeah, comes right. back around. Yes, absolutely. And you know, one thing that I think I was going to ask you pitfalls <clears throat> of, of that whole social media thing is, but what thing I've seen is when we were learning, I felt this need to get there fast, but sometimes you have to take those steps to learn and there'll be temptations along the way. Promote with us, promote with us. Everything you post, you get these lame, like yeah, DM us, DM us, post, you know, and And they're easy targets for people that think they have to grow quickly. And I would say don't fall into those things because they're just really a dead end trap or a money suck. Right. Absolutely. And like, it's funny that you say that because one of the things that I do is like I, Mm -hmm. I coach my audience both, you know, there's a lot of like free content on my Instagram, but, and then in our paid programs as well, I coach my audience and my community on the steps they need to take. And we do the steps together because I, I don't want to just, I, one, I want to see the success. Like I, I, there is like nothing better than when I get an email or see something posted somewhere. I'm like, Oh my God, that like came from our class. And you know, to me, that's, there's, there's no better feeling than that feeling of, of helping someone. Um, But it's, that's to your point, it's important not to fall for those things. And I often like, you know, I'll see something like that and I might like grab a freebie or whatever, just to see what people are talking about. And honestly, 99% of the time it's shit. Like it it is absolute garbage, like even the free stuff. And like, you know, like, like I do a free social media masterclass. It is seven days, seven hours free. Mm -hmm. And you will walk away from it knowing about social media, like without a doubt, like, like I watch people partner in the class together. And that is my goal. My goal is to make sure that it is worth your time because there are so many time sucks out there. Absolutely. Is that okay. So is, is that part of the dream it, build it, grow it in your brand or is that a separate entity? Cause I want to hear more about your classes and what people can, can do. So tell us about that. And then the other, if it's different. Yeah. So, well, so a couple of things that I do. So one, I have the pot, my podcast. So, mm-hmm. you know, every week you can show up with me twice a week and we talk to female founders. And I always wanted to pick the brains of female founders when I was starting my own company. You feel so lonely, right? Like you feel like no one knows what you're going through and you're wearing all these hats and like your spouse doesn't even know because they're working a corporate job and your friends don't know. And, and it, and it can be really lonely. So mm-hmm. that was my big goal with dear founder was to not just share the great things that come out of being a founder, which there are so many, but also to share the, the things that are kind of shitty as well. Yes. I want people to, to know those things and to learn and grow from my mistakes and the mistakes of the people on the podcast. So there's that. And then you can always also follow me on social media where I share a ton of great tips, like the one I just shared about getting help. And I actually went live today and I asked questions. I answered questions about that as well. So, you know, I do a lot of free content and um, sharing and answering questions. And I talk to people one-on-one 
And then I have my group classes. So I do some free ones and then I have some paid workshops as well, which this is a whole new thing for me. And I am learning like to everyone's point, like, and I admittedly am learning as I go. Like I did an amazing workshop in February. Um, It was small business marketing 101 Mm -hmm. was amazing. I had 40 people sign up. It was awesome. We did so much together and it, it was my favorite time of the week was showing up and sharing with them and and getting them to learn and do and watch them grow. And then um, now I'm taking that program and I'm making it a little bigger. So the next time I run it, it's going to be like a three month thing where we work through the whole marketing cycle so that people walk out of the program with a marketing plan and they know how to market their business, not just on social media, but with email and partnerships and grassroots. Like there's this whole puzzle, right? And the social piece is just one of it. Oh no. And I was going to say, and then people work with me one-on-one. So I work with a bunch of brands and companies um, that are established. And then I, and I do a lot of consulting projects and then I also do coaching. So I was telling you before we hopped on, um, I have this amazing client who was in her mid fifties. She worked at she works at a huge company and she wanted to build a, a vertical expertise. I, I don't want to share too much about it. I can't sure. share too much about it, but a vertical expertise, um, a coaching, a coaching business. And she had the idea and we took it from idea to launch. And now she has her own clients and I'm talking to her in a couple of weeks. I think that she is like, not, I don't want to say too many clients, but yeah. I think that she's so busy and she also has her full-time job but she, you know, she wants this to be her exit plan for when she leaves corporate America and she has an incredible business now. So that's what I, that's what I do now. And, and it's prob- so fun. It's I so was just going to say, it. you probably get a lot of joy out of seeing their I success. Yeah. And so for the listeners who maybe they aren't doing some big platform like that, but maybe they wanted to start something that was a hobby into selling it as a business. You cover big to little, right? Yeah. Big your- to little. Okay. And there's something for everyone. Like that's a really important part of what I Mm -hmm. do and has always been important to me as I've been setting this up is I realize not everyone can or should be working with me Mm -hmm. one-on-one, you know, and that's why I create these group forums. I have an amazing Facebook group as well. That's free to join and they help each other, which is also, and then like, I'll chime in, you know, Mm -hmm. I just, I want to be accessible. However, anyone needs me. Excellent. So I, I just want to pipe in something. I think that, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. It's not easy to start a company Mm-mm. and you, and you said it is, it is very lonely and it's, and it can be very stressful because your ego is associated with it, your heart, if you're passionate about it and maybe financially you're putting yourself out there. But I think we have this mentality that things need to happen overnight and they don't. They right? don't. And no. you know, do you hit home with people where do they give up? Like, it's like, if it doesn't happen within six months and you're not seeing the success and you keep hitting the brick walls, how do you coach the women through that? Because that is a real thing. So I, so I have only been in this role for about eight months. So you know, we're, yeah. we're coming to that kind of point at the moment, but that is a real thing. And that's something that I coach. I've always coached people on even before I started my consultancy, because we live in a world right now where everything is online And when I say everything is online, it's 99% of the good things are online. And so Mm -hmm. you don't see the shit that people go through to get to where they are. And you see someone on Instagram and you're like, oh, they're an overnight sensation. They're not to your point. Like no one gets to where they are overnight at all. And so I think the biggest thing is really if something isn't working and I, I actually have a client who's a friend right now who I'm trying to work through this with her. She has an amazing business 
but something's not clicking. And so I have said to her a couple of times, like, let's pause and let's look at the messaging and let's assess and change something. Because if something's not working, there's no sense in like continuing to do that thing and beat that thing to the into the ground. You have to change something, whether it's your execution, whether it's your messaging, you know, there's something that that is not connecting if it's not working and it's better to find out what that is and make a change. And oftentimes it's, it could be one little thing. It could even be just how you're verbalizing something to people and, and just, you're not connecting with them because of X, Y, and Z. And so that is usually my first step with clients or with anyone who says like, I don't know what to do. It's not working is to figure out what the problem is. Like, what is it that isn't working? You know, and I, yeah. I have another client too, who is a startup who I, I actually recently ended my project with them, but they had hired me to help them with their community. And when I got in, I like, they were like, it's not working. Like people aren't like, and I said to them, like, I'm confused by what it is. And mm-hmm. so let's take a step back and let's see what it is. And I wouldn't pay for it the way it is now, but here are my suggestions and how we can beef it up so that people would actually pay for it because the concept is amazing. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. The fine tuning and all of those things that go into finally getting, but no one knows that behind the scenes. They don't, they just think, wow. Like you said. Yeah. And I think, you know, we live in a a society where, you know, not to belabor it, but we're about quick fixes. Everything Mm -hmm. is at our fingertips. And so you said it so well is there are no overnight successes. And I tell my kids, you know, one of which I think will end up being entrepreneurial because he doesn't want to work for the boss. Right. But it takes a lot of hustle and grit Mm -hmm. and hitting the brick walls and trying new things and listening to advice, but, you know, not completely adopting everything about what people tell you and just kind of going through it because I think it's it's a tipping point that happens or there's a little luck involved as well. You know, and I yeah, and I actually I, I just had a hiccup, which I'll share in a second. But I think also we're usually if you're entrepreneurial, you're running a thousand miles a minute. Right. And sometimes it really just takes you t- like pausing and literally stopping yeah. and assessing the situation. I, I because- call it, I'm sorry. I call it, um, I tell people that have, uh, I have a friend that, and, and actually someone we had on our show that just started a business and I'm like, Laura, don't try to boil the ocean, take a deep breath, take one step in front of the other. Right. Like I just wanted to, like, I want to start um, a membership that goes along with Dear Found Her and where, you know, just a membership with like added content, extra episodes, like some one-on-one time with me. And I put the membership out there and it was putting the cart before the horse. And we, and I had a, I had a situation at Bump Club too, a very definitive situation where we put the cart before the horse and we changed, we stopped and we changed. And just because you do that, like this membership wasn't resonating. I don't think I have a big enough audience yet to make it worth my while. And so instead, what I've decided to do is to move forward with my courses, which are resonating. And hopefully after a few rounds of doing the courses, there's enough there's enough um, traction where people will want to join my membership to continue talking to me once a month. Right. And so, you know, it's to your point, not doing everything at once. And it's not a failure because you've done that. It's actually really important to know and understand when you need to pivot and when you need to make a change for the like the success of the bottom line of your business. Absolutely. 
recognizing those moments is key and appreciating mm-hmm. them and what you get out of that instead of looking at it as a failure or a, a negative situation. It's always happening for you as yes. opposed to you. I love that you use the term traction because that is what I always say is you got to look at stuff and say, where or are you getting traction? And if the answer is no, you either got to shit can it or you got to pivot. Right. But, but I think sometimes we get caught up in, you know, the optics of it, but we're not really dialing in and measuring what's working. Yeah, of course. And the, the great thing about social media, you know, one of the many great things, especially about social media is you can dive in and look at the numbers. A lot of people don't know how that's, that's something too, that like I talk a lot about in my content and in my classes is like, where do you find these numbers and what do they mean? Mm-hmm. I just was shown the other day and I didn't know this. This was a couple of weeks ago that you can go into your insights on Instagram and you can see how many follows you got from a post. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know that. Like I know other metrics, but I didn't even like think to look at that. It's like all the way down at the bottom of the selection. Well, that's a really good number to know because if something's not working and you're not getting follows from certain things, or if something is working, you want to know what it is so that you can do more of that, right? right? So we're so lucky in a way that we have social media to share these numbers and to show what does provide traction and what is getting the, you know, the the users that we want. Here's the thing that frustrates me, though, and uh, is that I think we've become so quantitative with social media and there's so many people with big numbers that are bullshit Like, you know what I'm saying? I would give me 200 people that lean in and actually like are listening to the entire video or commenting or responding or whatever versus, you know, 10,000 people that, you know, you get like 200 likes in one comment. Right. No, I I absolutely agree with you. And I think, though, too, that regardless of if you have a million followers or if you have a thousand followers, a big component of that. And I, I, I love to say this is like, you have to be social on social media, right? Because if you're not commenting or putting in, there's no reason that anyone should be giving back to you. You know, why, why should someone spend time commenting on my post if I'm not going to respond or ask them questions or even care? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when you think about the people who have like the millions of followers, they don't care. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't really care, you know, well, and most usually of those people are celebrities though. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. And, yeah, but and the, it's assistance yeah. and it's, it's a very different process, right. Mm-hmm. But they do benefit greatly from sponsorships on social media. And, you know, and that's something too, like I, I always said when I was at bump club, like we were approached all the time about doing various influencer and celebrity campaigns and whatnot. I would rather have a micro influencer with, you know, five to 10,000 followers who have really engaged mm-hmm. followers in a really engaged community than a Kim Kardashian holding up my product, because that's not going to, it's just not going to move the needle, like mm-hmm. in the way that you want it to move the mm-hmm. needle, especially if you're a niche baby brand or something, right, you know, right, or a niche right. product. Right. That makes sense. I was going to mention one other thing that I'd like to get your take on is I, and, and Lisa, we, we talk about this all the time because it kind of gets frustrating for us. We've kind of become this society and this ecosystem of you got to work with a team, right? Like there's all of these layers to to things like, and so tell me, what is your thought about that? A celebrity, for example, that there's no fucking way Kim Kardashian is posting, 
right? No. She's got no. a team of three people. So uh, you don't even know three, who you're dealing with. Three, three five, five, ten. 30. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what I'm what I'm suggesting is that isn't there like a little bit of a level of dishonesty or disingenuousness that goes along with the business of social media and, and the way we market our business now? Because it's not really us, it's someone else. Well, so I actually, I think that it's, much more effective when it comes from you. And I had a conversation with a client actually last week who is a startup. And there were like four of us that had our hands into their social process. Okay. And like, I don't even think, I think they have like a thousand followers on Instagram right now. And because there were so many hands in this process, there was just a crazy disconnect. Mm -hmm. And Like I was like, this is this isn't working because the pieces aren't talking to each other. And so it's not coming off as genuine and authentic. And you're not getting the reaction and the engagement that you want from it. And I gave this example, like I asked them to pull up their numbers and like, let's just say the reach for that week was a thousand accounts and the engagement for the week was 94 accounts. Okay. And so I shared my numbers and I, and my numbers were, my reach was 8,000 for whatever that time period was. And my engagement was 7,000. And I said to the team, I am doing this alone. Mm -hmm. I do my own social media. I have 12 times the amount of followers that you have. I do my own social media and I have come up with a process that makes it effective and efficient because can't do everything when you're one person, you know, and, and you know, I have people helping with my podcast and stuff, but when it comes to my social media right now, it's me. And when I was at bump club, I was the person mm-hmm. you were the bump. to a fault yes. to a fault though. Like at yeah. the end, when I was acquired, like I was begging for help on social, like to, to do like community management and customer service. And I wasn't getting the help. That's a whole other conversation, yeah. but, um, but I was the person. And so I created an efficient way to do it. And, and when I left, they saw a downfall in their followers. Like, you know, I mean, there's no person doing their social media now. It's a team of people just posting memes and share. And there's a disconnect to your point. Like, I don't think you need a team. I really don't. I think it's so much more effective and it's more effective to your bottom line when it's just you, because you can convert customers. A team not always can. It's it's, It's just different. Right. Especially if there's no paid social involved. Like if there's paid social... That's totally different. But if, if like, I'm not doing paid social right now, so I want to be engaged with my audience. And I find the more I connect with them, the more they're willing to show up to my classes or my lives or whatever it might be, because they're showing up for me. Yeah, exactly. I, okay. So I have to tell you that this is a true testament to how much social media is a part of our world. Because when I was writing out, you know, Lindsay's plan for our show and everything. I never thought we would go this deep into this particular topic. And it just shows that it, it permeates everything we do in such a big way. And and we're never going to get away from it. We're only going to move towards it and we might as well embrace it. Bottom line. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> right? and, and yes. And, yeah. pe- and if people are apprehensive about it, you know, my, my number one thing is you got to pick one or two platforms. You don't have to be on all of them and you just have to show up and do it and just right. try. Yeah. Just Show up and play with it. Right. Yeah. And each, pla- each platform has a different feel. You know, we were talking about Twitter the other day and it's it's very, you know, we're doing a campaign with with athletes. Well, guess what? Athletes are on Twitter 
and, yeah. and, and CEOs are on Twitter, you know, Instagram you know, is, is a very different kind of Facebook is very, so you just have to, you, you're right. You have to, you, you have to know what works yeah. for you. It's interesting. You say that because my coaching client that I was talking about, she was very adamant that she had a certain number of followers by the end of first quarter on Instagram. And she doesn't, we're, we're just shy of it, but she has told me that she's getting most of her clients from LinkedIn. So I'm like, well, then that's where you should spend yeah. your time. Yeah, like, right. you know, post on Instagram, but you don't want to spend 90% of your time where 2% of your clients are coming from. You know, you want to put that time into LinkedIn instead. Yeah. That's yes. All right. Well, where can people find you, you superhero? Oh, thank you. Um, you can find me at Lindsay Pinchuk on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. And I answer all my DMs. It's me who answers them. You <laughs> I'll, can find I'll test me. you. I'm going to put you to the test. You can test me. You can find me at lindsaypinchuk.com. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn at Lindsay Pinchuk, Twitter at Lindsay Pinchuk. And you can find my podcast, Dear Found Her, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And it also has a separate Instagram page, which is just Dear Found Her. Awesome. awesome. I think you need to have us come on and mix it up because we're not founders, but we're like just buffoonery. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. You know let's what? You, let's like you, you just tell your people that we're going to have a blip in the system and we're going to bring on two goofballs. That's fine. Let's right. do it. one goofball and one with good hair. What, what one with great Your hair, hair is amazing. Right? I know. She makes me so mad. Her Thanks. hair is always amazing. Thank you. All right. You ready to have a little fun? Yeah. Okay. So I thought it would be super fun to do, you know, normally it's two, three truths and a lie. We're going to do, or was it two truths and a lie? Or? Two truths and a lie. Thank you. Well, I, I couldn't just limit it to two. I had, so there's three truths and a lie. Okay. And I want you to kind of figure this out. And these are actual shark tank fails or pitches. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Safety seats for truck beds. Okay. That's the first one. A cafe where people can pay to go hang out with rescue cats. Three, brick, <laughs> brick or potatoes. And it's instead of sending flowers, you, <laughs> you <laughs> inscribe a message on a brick or a potato. And the last one, oh the last one. This is perfect for us. Cougar Energy, a dedicated energy drink shot bottles for <laughs> single middle-aged women wanting to date younger men. Oh, my God. Wait, so the funny thing is, is we watch Shark Tank all the time in my house, yeah. like to a fault. Like it's mm -hmm. like my husband keeps it on that CNBC all yeah. the time. So you would think I would know this, but I don't. So the cat cafe, what was it? The we, got, we got the safety seats for if you want to sit in the back of a truck bed. We've got the cafe with the rescue cats. We've got brick or potatoes instead of flowers and the cougar energy shot. I think the lie is brick or potatoes. <laughs> is that right? That I didn't got it. That was a standing ovation. Oh you got it. You just got to say, I can't believe you. Yeah, that is actually. So the other ones were the epic fails on Shark Tank where Mark Cuban has just actually walked out of it and said, I, I can't. The brick or potatoes is actually a thriving, legitimate business. Oh, oh my God. Wow. People I, do that. So screw you. You're getting a potato for your birthday. All right. Well, I got a little <laughs> Irish in me. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, or I'll hit you with a brick. Oh, no. 
Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Well, good job, Lindsay. And nice um, work. Yes. Thank you okay. so much. So much for thank being you guys so much. Today. Please be in touch. I'd love to have you on the podcast. Yes. Let's find let's a way it. to do it. And we want to get you doing our challenge. Oh yes. What's the challenge? And, yes. and every person you know. What's the challenge? Okay. Well, well, we'll wrap it up and then we'll yeah, tell you. We'll tell you. You're going to love this. All right. Thank you so much, Lindsay, and thank, thank you, you, listeners. Yes. Have a great week. Follow us on Instagram at she's a 10 times five. Click on the link in our bio to listen. You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe.